Hey everybody, Common Sense American here. And I wasn't sure what to talk about tonight because I didn't really want to go after the whole Notre Dame thing or Notre Dame, however you prefer to pronounce it. Uh, I, it's it's such a terrible thing. Um, and, you know, just from the simple standpoint that you're talking about, uh, not merely a, one of mankind's greatest architectural creations, but obviously a religious monument of just epic proportions. And it's just, you know, if this really was just, you know, gross negligence or a terrible accident, whatever the reason, it is just a, you know, a terrible thing. And we don't really have a lot of information on it. And I know there's a lot of speculation as to what caused it and who might have said it, if, if anybody did. I don't really want to get involved in that because I'm not interested in uh, playing up unsubstantiated angles. I don't like doing that. If you want that, you're going to have to go somewhere else. You're going to have to go to a more extreme podcast, which mine is not. And that leads me to the main point of this podcast today. I, and I, the extremity point I'm making here. And, and actually, I touched on this recently when I was a guest on the, um, the Unframe of Mind podcast which I thought went very well. And we brought up a lot of really important and interesting points. And, and one of them is that the way the mainstream media operates and the way social media operates is that we basically see only the worst of both sides. We only see the worst of liberals. We only see the worst of conservatives, you know, and, and if you go into each little camp, you will see the extreme sides. You will see, you know, if, you know, liberals just absolutely trashing conservatives with with no, you know, evidence or just total bias and hate. And, and but the thing is, if you go on the other side, you can find the same thing on the conservative side. Now, I will agree that the censorship is worse for conservatives, that we are being censored and shouted down and oppressed on um, on every possible level, on social media, in the mainstream media. It's obvious, it's prevalent, it's dangerous. I have made this point several times. And when I did the podcast on the number one difference between liberals and conservatives, I really made a point of calling out the leftists for being far too extreme, going far too, just far too left going way too far in that direction, and essentially adopting fascist Gestapo tactics. And that's what it feels like to people like me and people like, you know, red-blooded, level-headed, rational American citizens. Even we, who have no interest in extremes, feel like we are being attacked. And this is a problem. And I, I do, I put most of this onus on that side, because everything we see from Antifa all the way up to their leading politicians, Pelosi, Omar Sanders, name whoever you got. You, we see it every day. We see the hypocrisy. We see the this blatant and shocking anti-American uh, viewpoint, which can no longer be argued if they continue to put illegal immigrants ahead of American citizens, if they continue to put their own lives, their own selfish lives ahead of unborn babies Things of, things of this nature. We, we see it all the time. And, and again, I, I do believe a lot of this falls at the feet of Democrats. And one of the reasons why that party is falling apart 
is because they have become their own worst enemies. They have twisted the rationale in their heads all the way around to a circle. Now they don't even know who's racist, when they're racist. It's all they've got left, you know, victimhood, entitlement. They really have nothing left that can help this country. It appears they don't even want to. However, we have to not fall into the trap and believe that all Democrats are one way because we're just giving them what they want. We're telling them that we are not open-minded, that we are what they say we are, you know, that we will never change, that we're backwoods, backwoods Neanderthals who, who never will, you know, advance or progress or something ridiculous like that. And at the same time, we're saying the same thing about them, you know, that there are no, there is no such thing as a moderate Democrat, you know, and, and we know there are, there are, the, the problem is they don't have a voice. The moderates on either side do not have enough of a voice. If you want to be heard, you have to sort of scream at the top of your lungs and adopt this almost a caricature of a politician, a caricature of uh, an orator, you know, someone who wants to make a change. You, you have to go beyond that. You have to be very Jerry Springer-esque in your approach. You have to take on the sensationalistic side because apparently that's all people want to see and hear. It's all over the media. It's all over social media. We can't avoid it. And this is a problem. This is a big problem because the gulf between the two sides is widening. And if it keeps widening, we're headed towards civil war. Now, I did do a podcast. One of my first podcasts was, you know, who would win if we entered another civil war? And yes, I say liberals would lose and lose huge very quickly for a number of obvious reasons, I think. But let's not go down that road because in war, nobody wins. That's, a, you know, nobody wants that. If we reach that point, it's already, you know, we're already screwed. We have to rebuild the country no matter who won. And before we go down that path, I think it's important to take a step back and try to see what's happening. It's almost as if we're both working to turn each other against each other. It's, it, it, the farther apart we get, the less likely we are to talk and the less likely we are to listen. When I sent Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez that message and basically, you know, I said, you know, you really need to stop talking. You need to sit back, take a step back, listen to what uh, America is saying about you and Except that you might be in over your head, that you that everything you say sounds wildly immature, that people are leaving you for a reason, okay? And this was not an attack on AOC. This this was not an attack. This was not a you know scream at the top of my lungs. You're stupid. You you were elected via identity politics, and again, I think there's a part of that. You don't know what you're doing. Get out. We need to get rid of you. Any of that. This was constructive criticism, as best as I could. This is what I wanted to deliver. And this is the kind of thing we need to give them, to prove to them that we are not what they think we are or say we are. We are very much against the idea of oppression and censorship, like Antifa. We are very much against that. So we shouldn't act that way in response to opposition. We need to prove that we are better than what they say and think we are. And I think we are. We're just falling into the trap that all of media is setting for us, which is the belief that everybody on the, uh, the other side of the aisle 
is full-on extremists that we can predict their every single viewpoint. You know, it, it it's it's we've reached the point where a liberal can easily look across the aisle to the right side and immediately assume that this person is uh, pro-life, pro-guns, very uh, religious, um, hated Obama, loves Trump. Um, you know, any it, they they just they'll run down the list. You know, and we can do the same thing. You know, say the opposite of the liberals to say, yep, they're they're all you know for rampant illegal immigration, for globalism, for no um, no borders. You know, pro-choice, all about Obama, hating Trump. You know, we can go back and forth with all that. But the bottom line is, what the the truth of the matter is, the majority of people on either side do not toe the line on every single issue of their party. Me, for example, and I've said this several times. I don't. I, I I'm I'm sort of a cross between a libertarian and conservative. I don't fall into any particular one category because I. I have differing viewpoints on certain things. I I waffle on the gun issue. You know, I I go back and forth on that. I'm really not sure what the best approach would be for that. I, on the one hand, I think that the Constitution should be respected and honored and should not be changed. And that if you have, you know, we have a right to bear arms and we should at the same time. I have to, the logical side of me says this is not 1776 anymore. This is a completely different world, and does it? Why would a civilian even need a weapon? And if it, if they do want one, is it really keeping crime down? Is it really making them safer and the people around them safer? Some stats say yes. Some stats say no. You can go on and on about this, and that's why I sort of go back and forth. And I could go back and forth on abortion a little bit. I'm obviously much more pro, pro life because, and especially after the you know the late term abortion insanity started. And I started to see the depth of insanity that's coming from Democrats and liberals and saying that you can essentially murder a child all the way up to the point of birth. The idea that a, what's on the other side of that skin is not living or something like literally just because you, you know, it's literally inches away. You could touch it if it just came out of the womb. But before that, it's okay to kill. That's so insane. I don't even, you know, I don't even know what that's about. But when you're, you know, at, at what point does life begin, right? That's the philosophy of it, which is mind-numbingly complicated and, and interesting. Um, you know, where does life begin? Is it the first onset of rational thought? Is it when the heart starts beating? I mean, there are so many ways to approach that. And so, again, I'm not, you know, I'm not full-on. There are some people who are just full-on and say the instant, the moment of conception, that's it. That's a human life. You can't touch it. I'm not so sure about that. You know, I don't, I'm not willing to go quite that far. And there are other issues too. So, and I, I never really hated Obama. I, I'm sorry, listeners. I never did. I think he was not a good president. I think he was elected mostly because he was black. Yes, identity politics. And I think that, you know, we are going, Trump is doing a lot of things to help us heal after what Obama did to our economy. He didn't care about the infrastructure. Obviously, he didn't care much about the military. You know, I don't think anything went well under him. I never, I didn't really start off disliking him. I thought maybe some of the things he said made sense, that he was not a stark raving mad liberal, that he was more moderate. And actually, if you really think about it, looking back at his presidency, 
Obama would be considered moderate by, to, by today's standards. Things have gone so nuts. Even he has come out against some things that Democrats are saying today. Okay, and this is because of that widening gulf. People are becoming more and more and more extreme. And we gotta knock this off. If we want to prove that we are better people and that we are we are better people than Democrats, and I think a lot of them have just become filthy cattle. I really do. They're like animals. They're regressing at a shocking rate. I do believe this. But if we want to prove that we actually, you know, our morals mean something. Our beliefs mean something. Our self-discipline, our structure, what we believe in in terms of Americans and civilians and, and family people and why we want the family, why we believe the nuclear family is important, why we believe patriotism is important. If we're going to put that side out there and say this is who we are and this is why this worked and worked for many decades, you know, especially right around World War II era moving forward, if we want to remind people of just how good that can be and why we still hold tight to a lot of those same, you know, tenets and principles, we need to not do what the liberals are doing. We need to not fall into the trap, okay? We can't do that. It won't do us any good. We need to be as mature and open-minded as possible. See if we can find these moderates. And in return, maybe they will be more inclined to find conservative moderates, like myself and like other people. You know, maybe everyone will stop believing that everyone on the other side of the aisle is a stark, raving, mad extremist. Because that isn't true. But here's the thing. Here's the dangerous part. If we keep believing it and we keep treating the other side that way, then that is what's going to happen. That is what is happening right now. We are all being pushed into further extremes because the other side appears to be going to extremes. So to combat that, we stop being, you know, we, we become less moderate and more extreme. We're willing to go farther because the other side appears as if they are. But it's really just smoke and mirrors. It's mostly an illusion. It's this sensationalism that the media, you know, presents. It's much easier to sell a story with shocking pictures of mob rampages it's much easier to get you to click on a story with an over-the-top headline and, you know, certain imagery, certain wording. And this is what they're going to focus on, okay? We, we like to focus on the fact that Antifa exists. And by the way, that is domestic terrorism. And all of those people need to be arrested and thrown in jail and just literally throw away the key. They're cowardly thugs and nothing more. That's what they are. Fascist losers, period. And they exist. We know they exist. But that's not all liberals. It's a very tiny percentage, right? It has to be. Otherwise, we would be in civil war by now. And maybe there's a difference. Maybe we need to differentiate between a liberal and Democrat. In my mind, a liberal is, is a little more extreme. A Democrat just means, you know, that's almost seems moderate to me in comparison to liberals. And, in cons and the same thing on the other side, conservative and Republican. Republican doesn't necessarily mean to me that you are really far, far right wing. Conservative means I think you're a little farther down that road. And maybe these are the terms that we need to return to. Maybe we need to understand what those mean. And really, maybe above all else, we need to start thinking for ourselves more and more and prove that we are thinking for ourselves. Prove that we are more than just a, you know, a bullet point list of what the party stands for. And I'm going to go with every single one. There is no ideology or political side where a thinking human being can look at everything that they stand for and agree with all of it. That just isn't possible. If you have a brain in your head, there is no way that you can believe every single thing 
that that party does, believes, accepts, says in a public forum, there's just no way. Invariably, you are going to come across something with which you disagree. And that's perfectly okay. That's supposed to happen. But then, if that happens more and more, you become moderate. You start to become just a little bit less. And then no one listens to you. I, I guess because you're not interesting. You don't have any explosive arguments. You don't have any, you're not screaming at the top of your lungs. You're not going nuts on the other side and slinging insults. And I see it all the time. You know, I see it on Twitter constantly. You know, I can't seem to get just a simple, intelligent rebuttal from a liberal about my podcast. It doesn't seem possible. They most don't, won't listen anyway. They'll see the title and just insult me and run away which is cowardly and childish and perfectly in, in, in standing with what liberals have become as far as I'm concerned. But am I saying that that doesn't happen the other way? Am I saying that there aren't... There, this, this must mean that there are also liberal podcasts where the same thing happens. The only time they come across conservatives is when they, you know, they see those podcasts and they insult the liberal who did it and run away. Well, we, we have to be better than that. We have to be better than that. And I understand it's hard. I know. You know, when the other side is acting childish, and more often than not, and, and really being, you know, hurtful and absolutely offensive and, and violent, it, it's very hard to sort of turn the other cheek. And I understand that. But we have, if we really want to separate ourselves and prove what we're saying is right and prove that the other side is overstepping in terms of oppression and silencing and fascism and censorship and in their behavior, which is just disgusting at this point really is. If we want to show that we are better than these people, and I honestly believe that we are in a lot of ways, we have to act that way. We have to come across as exactly that which they believe we aren't. Thinking, positive, red-blooded, patriotic conservatives, maybe with a libertarian bent like me, who simply want what's, what's best for a society, what we believe is best for the future of our children, what we believe is best for the future of society and our country as a whole and where we could be in 50 or 100 or 1,000 years, we have to say this is what we believe in and this is why we think it works. Not, you suck, what you say is wrong, you're an idiot. Because that's what they're doing to us. So don't do it back. Just... Take a step back for a second and realize that what you are being presented with, what you see, especially if you want to see people who are like-minded, if you want to log on and see your social media account, which is, I'm sure, full of right-wing accounts, you're not seeing enough of the other side. And the media only focuses on the, you know, the hard-hitting stories with plenty of sensationalism, plenty of action, plenty of you know, over-the-top wording. And that is not realistic. It is not accurate. So we have to remember that. If we don't want to be accused of all the things we're being accused of, and we are not guilty, I don't believe we are, then we shouldn't act guilty and turn around and act like them. We're better than that. I know we're better than that, so don't do it. Okay? Don't immediately flip out, returning to the Notre Dame thing, that, you know, okay, Muslims set the place. Let's not do that. Okay, let's, that's, that's giving them ammunition. That's giving liberals ammunition. We shouldn't be doing that because saying, oh, look, see, they blame Muslims. They're, they're intolerant. They're, you know, who knows? Maybe it was. I don't know. None of us know right now. And if we do find that out, then I say, yeah, we do drop the hammer on that. But we don't know. So in the meantime, let's not do what we're 
being blamed for, which is being intolerant, being only one-sided. We are bigger than this. We are bigger than them. We're more mature than them. I do believe this. We're more disciplined. We are more open-minded in a lot of ways, and we need to prove that. So I'm asking everybody who have listened to my podcast in the past and, you know, agree with me in a lot of ways and are not full-on wacko extremist revolutionaries, which doesn't get us anywhere, by the way, if you believe that you are a thinking moderate and that you are still, you know, conservative or libertarian or Republican and you believe liberals really are crazy, really are ruining things, please act above them. Don't sink to their level. It's really our best weapon, I promise. And it works really well. We just, you got to work out it. You got to swallow your pride and do it. If you do it, I'll do it. We'll, we'll both try. How about that? We'll all try. And we'll see what comes of it. And I really think it's the best option. I do. Maybe that's my PSA for today. And I, I hope it went across well because I, I have good intentions, as I think we all do. Thank you.